Welcome to another Take 10 with Jen. Get equipped in the supernatural. And now, here's Jen. Welcome back to Take 10 with Jen, a supernatural podcast. I just want to make sure that you're getting this podcast each and every week, so be sure to subscribe, rate and review it, and share it with all of your friends. Well, we're going to talk about a heresy this week, specifically hyper-grace theology and how it's attached itself to a lot of prophetic communities and prophetic circles and for the negative. But before we go there, I want to make sure you have my book, Prophetic Secrets. And by the way, that book was birthed from a prophetic word. I was doing an online training a few years back with Prophet James Gall, and the Holy Spirit came upon him, moved upon him, and began to prophesy over me specifically that I would become a leading trainer in prophetic wisdom. Well, one thing led to the other, and my publisher got wind of that word, and she invited me to write this book, Prophetic Secrets. Uh, How appropriate is that, that a book about the gift of prophecy would be birthed from a prophetic word? So make sure that you go to jenniferevaz.com, you can get it there, or you can go to any online retailer that sells Christian books and purchase it that way. So let's get back to our topic. We're talking about an act of heresy, you know, hyper-grace theology. And it really has done a number in a lot of prophetic circles and prophetic communities. And I just want to make sure that you understand it so that you can not join that kind of thinking or you can step away from it. Well, years ago, as I was learning to walk out the seer anointing that God had graced me with in just having those experiences that I didn't know how to explain, I didn't know how to articulate, feeling all alone. Well, I was looking for a group of people uh, that were like me, and I did find a community uh, of of people that were learning and growing and those kind of things. And and it was very nice to be, you know, with, with people I fit in with. And one of the things that attracted me to this community was their beautiful message of God's grace. It was one of the most powerful messages of grace I ever heard. But over time, I began to watch how this beautiful message was becoming misapplied to overlook obvious sin. And then a lot of core biblical doctrines were starting to be adjusted or ignored. And it was really troubling. I mean, things like the reality of hell, tithing, preaching on sin, spiritual warfare and deliverance, going to church, the biblical narrative for the end times and a lot of other things. And so the arguments to reconstruct these truths, they they sounded eloquent, but the fruit of the deception was obvious adherents were getting arrogant in their beliefs. They were having no obligation to the, quote, institutional church. They were becoming lawless, uh, unsubmitted to any real spiritual authority. Their version of Christianity, uh, they acted like they're higher and better than everybody and had a more spiritual prophetic edge. And so it was troubling. It was concerning. And I ended up separating myself from most of that community. And so let's talk about hyper grace theology. Let's, let's understand it. So, so we make sure that we don't slip into that, especially if you are a prophetic person. Now, one of the signatures of God's prophets is that they love the truth and embrace the plumb line of the word. But when a lie gets into the foundation, all the biblical boundary lines become altered through the lens of the lie. And so I like to point out Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28. It says, do not move the ancient boundary which your fathers have set. 
Now I know that's about geographical boundary lines and property boundaries and that we're to leave them in place, but there's a principle here about observing boundaries. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 32, it says, whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it nor take away from it. So we see it again, you know, we need to observe the boundary lines. And, and so the grace of God is seen all throughout the Bible and it culminates with the coming of Jesus Christ. And in the New Testament, the word grace is the Greek word charis, which is defined as grace, indicating favor on the part of the giver and thanks on the part of the receiver. And so we can all give each other a measure of grace, but God's grace has a much more powerful meaning. In his mercy, he gives you blessing instead of cursing, just as our sin deserves. And so I discovered that God's grace is a perfect covering in those difficult seasons, those seasons where we're struggling. And, and I have felt at times that I was both failing the Lord and people, and I just couldn't get it together no matter how hard I tried. And that grace covered me in those intermittent gaps of character and we've all encountered them as we've journeyed towards sanctification but grace is not a loophole for sin it's not an excuse to do whatever you want it's not a license to live a lifestyle that jesus paid with his life to destroy and that's where we want to discuss hyper grace and so this term hyper grace has been used to describe a new wave of teaching that emphasizes the grace of God to the exclusion of other vital teachings such as repentance and confession of sin. And so hyper grace teachers, they maintain that all sin, past, present, and future has already been forgiven. And so there's no need for a believer to ever confess it. And that there's also an unnatural reaction towards anything that's Old Testament or the law and that sermons on holiness and the fear of the Lord are pharisaical legalism and then you'll hear buzz phrases like don't judge and love wins and then they say there's no punishment for sin because God's not an abusive father and so the fruit of this teaching is so clear and that's where we always want to land it is what's the fruit and it's involved the erosion of moral boundaries and the veiled leanings towards Christian universalism. And that's a viewpoint that ultimately all human beings will be saved and restored to right relationship with God. It doesn't leave any need for the cross or confession or Jesus for that matter. And so those who have gotten into hyper grace, ministers, Christians, well, there's been this terrible apostasy. They've responded by openly embracing things like the homosexual lifestyle and openly blessing homosexual marriages along with other such compromises. And so this whole thing is not new. I mean, the term is, but we see it in the Bible. We see the Apostle Paul addressing it. Those believers who were trying to use the grace of God as a loophole for sin. And it's something that he, he responds very clearly to. And he says, certainly not. We've died to sin. How then can we go on living in it? And so the way I've seen this impact the prophetic uh, where it's attached itself to prophetic communities is there's an overemphasis on one scripture out of out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that we are to prophesy in one direction basically that every prophetic word needs to edify exhort and comfort which is true however the prophetic word the gifts of prophecy the bible 
tells us that prophetic words go a lot further than just that. And so, so with that, my bishop one time shared this story publicly, and he said he had a friend who was a prophet, and it was in a season where he was struggling with somebody, and he was on autopilot with his anger, and his friend, the prophet, called him up and said to him, he said, you need to repent, you know, as a prophetic word. And he didn't even tell him the details or anything more than that, just you need to repent. And that was enough. And our bishop uh, took it to heart, and he repented, and he changed his ways, and he went a much more, uh, much better direction. Now, those who are involved in hyper-grace thinking, hyper-grace theology, prophetic people, there would have never been any room for such a prophetic word, you need to repent. And, and that kind of word would have been uh, rebelled against, would have been repulsed uh, because it doesn't fit the, the parameters. And so what happens is prophetic words, they've lost their edge. They've lost their sharpness. Uh, they've lost uh, the, the sword-like surgical procedure that some of them need to have and that God intends for them to have. And they end up sounding nothing more than just a, a horoscope or some fluffy words and there's no perceptible anointing on it. Well, our bishop and that same prophet, well, later that prophet came to our bishop and prophesied again. And he said, you're gonna, you're gonna be a financial deliverer. And that turned out to be so true. And our bishop has been raising up millionaires ever since by the word of the Lord. And so you have to understand that hyper grace theology has taken the edge out of the prophetic. It's, it's taking God's true heart and, and the sword-like precision out of the prophetic and it's caused an erosion in the moral boundaries of the adherence and so i wanted to bring that to you today and help you through that that the prophetic is real but this thing that's attached itself to to a lot of prophetic communities we need to we need to steer clear and remember what god's grace is and what god's grace is not thanks again for joining me for take 10 with jen a supernatural podcast Make sure to help me get this podcast and other resources around the globe. Just go to jenniferevaz.com and hit the donate tab. Thanks again for listening to Take 10 with Jen. For more resources and to become a partner, visit us at jenniferevaz.com.